Last week, I got kind of a scary email from my broker uh, letting me know I had just been assigned 100 shares of Apple as the result of a short put that I had sold weeks prior. So I had taken assignment of shares in Apple for a much higher price than what it was currently trading at. So I was nervous about that. I was also a little bit confused because technically I still had a few days left in this option contract. So I was kind of taken off guard, kind of surprised that I took early assignment as a result of this um, put. However, this does happen from time to time. Fortunately enough though, this was one part of a bigger trade I had on called a calendar spread. And that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna to talk about calendar spreads. This was my first ever calendar spread I've ever done. I've, I've learned about them and I've always wanted to try one and I felt like, well, you know, what better way to learn something to, than to just dive right in and, and try it? So that's what I did and that's what we're gonna talk about today. I'm gonna go through the mechanics of a calendar spread, the um, best environment to put on a calendar spread, and how much you should be collecting for a calendar spread, what kind of a profit um, potential you're aiming for with the calendar spread. So that's what I wanna talk about today. Let's get into it. My name is Lauren Ruper, and I have been option trading for almost a decade. I am really glad you're here because this podcast was designed for you. I break down all the things stock trading into bite-sized chunks so you can feel empowered and confident to take on the stock market and better your life. So grab a dirty Dr. Pepper, kick up your heels, and listen along to today's show here at Trade Blondie. So first of all, what exactly is a calendar spread? Sometimes you'll hear them referred to as a horizontal spread or a time spread. And basically what it is, you sell an option and then you buy that exact same option just in a further out in time expiration cycle. So it's got two parts. Part one, selling an option. Part two, buy the exact same option. And what I mean by that is like the exact same strike price further out in time. So for example, you would sell the $100 put in XYZ that expires next month, and then you would purchase that exact same $100 put that will expire in two months. Now this trade goes on as a debit, meaning that you will be paying for it upfront, and that is because that further out of time option contract, the one that you're purchasing, is going to cost more than the closer in time option contract that you're selling. The reason for this is because, like I talked about in my podcast from last time, when I talked about intrinsic and extrinsic value. So to review really quickly, extrinsic value is comprised of two parts, implied volatility and time value. So an option that expires on Friday with a strike price of 100 is going to be much cheaper than that exact same $100 strike price expiring next month. That's because it has more extrinsic value. But because you're purchasing this option, you are capping what your max loss would be. You can only lose as much as you pay for this calendar spread, which is which is pretty nice. And fortunately, in the case of this Apple trade, it did end up being a loser. However, I had my max loss capped because all I lost was the amount that I paid for this calendar spread. Now I know what you might be thinking, Lauren, you always tell us it's better to sell options, not waste our money purchasing options. And yes, that's correct. I rarely will pay for an option. My preference is always to sell options for a credit and then let that option decay away. My whole strategy is playing and counting on that extrinsic value to slowly disappear. 
but you will notice that there are times when you're trying to come up with a new trade idea and you're looking around and you're just not seeing the numbers that are making sense. It took me a couple years of trading to finally be able to pinpoint why this phenomenon was happening, at least to myself. And I'm thinking, why can't I really find a good trade? Um, and here's, here's what I realized. So you'll find yourself having this mental head conversation after the market has been going up for a while. This is because when the market has been going up, people are happy and singing and dancing in the streets and they feel unstoppable. They think that the market will just continue on this upward trajectory. With all this happiness going on, fear and uncertainty start to go away. Now remember, fear and uncertainty play a huge role in the option pricing world. When people are fearful and uncertain, option prices go up in value. This is because the trader on the other side of an option needs more premium to make the trade worth it to them in order to put up all the risk. So think of an insurance company with a client that has lots of speeding tickets and accidents under their belt. They will want that customer to pay more for their insurance because they are taking on more risk by having this reckless driver insured on their policy, right? Now compare this to a veteran driver who has never gotten a ticket, who drives only a few miles per year. They've been a loyal customer for a year, no accident. Of course, there's still some risk involved having a client like this for the insurance company, but the driver will pay much less in premiums in comparison to that riskier driver. Same thing with options. When the market is going up and fear has started to come down, option prices come down, they cost less. This gauge of fear in the marketplace is what we call implied volatility. Another nice feature of the Tastyworks platform that I absolutely love is when you pull up a ticker symbol, it's got a circle right on the top of the page that tells you what the implied volatility is at the current moment. So going back to when I put on this Apple trade around 45 days ago, Apple had been running and running and running up. The fear of doing something crazy was starting to come down and getting lower and lower. I placed this trade in Apple on August 15th and the IV rank was four, okay? Just four. And this is out of 100. So my trading philosophy is, of course, to sell high and then buy back low. I sell my options when they're expensive, and then I buy them back lower, okay? But when IV rank is only four, these option prices in Apple are pretty stinking low. It's probably as low as they're gonna get. And it would be silly to sell right here and bank on the prices getting even cheaper. It, it just doesn't make sense. So that's why I thought, you know what, I'm gonna reverse it here and still, instead of selling at this point, I'm going to buy at this point and then wait for these option prices to increase in value. Buy low, sell high. So I thought for sure Apple's IV rank would start to go back up and these option prices would increase in value. I figured, let's see what Apple's gonna do here. I had this feeling that Apple, after running up for, gosh, since June 16th, when Apple was trading at 132, and now it's August and it's 171, I was really feeling like Apple was gonna go through some type of correction and I felt in my heart of hearts that Apple was going to start to come down. So of course, this means that I had a bearish assumption in Apple. And I also knew that I didn't wanna sell an option because like I just said, all the option prices were just way too cheap. So that was my thought process here where I thought, okay, I'm going to 
a buy an option this time. Now there are many strategies that are designed around buying options. And I knew that buying a calendar spread was one of these strategies. And I'd always wanted to do a calendar spread. And since I was bearish, I decided to try a bearish calendar spread, which is where you would set up your calendar with puts instead of calls. Traditionally, a calendar spread is done with calls. But if you're slightly bearish, you could do it with puts. On August 15th, I sold the 170 put expiring in 45 days, and then I purchased the 170 put expiring in 90 days, and I paid $1.38 for this calendar. Well, here's what happened. Apple ran up six more dollars over the next three days, and my calendar spread was holding its value. I, I couldn't sell it off for any kind of profit. The short put was decreasing in value because the overall price in Apple was moving away from my strike price, but my long put was gaining value and these two options were neutralizing each other out. So my overall assumption that Apple would start to come down in price was wrong. However, I wasn't losing any money on the trade. On August 19th, just four days after I placed the trade, Apple started falling in price and falling quickly. I thought, oh, this is great. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. But for some reason, my calendar spread never got profitable. In fact, it started losing money. My 170 puts were quickly found in the money, which meant that my option now had intrinsic value in addition to the extrinsic value due to the IV expanding. So even though my puts that make up this calendar spread were getting more expensive, they weren't getting more expensive proportionately. My short put was rising in price faster than my long put. And in order to close this trade, I would need to buy back my short put. And with all of that costing more to do so, that was eating up my profit on the trade. So my trade that was once $1.38 when I purchased it was now only worth 50 cents. That's the opposite of what I want to have happen. I want to buy low, sell high. If I paid $1.38 for something and now it's only worth 50 cents, well, that's a loser. And to make matters worse, since my calendar spread was now so deep in the money, I got assigned the shares for $170 while Apple was trading at $141. A little scary. I knew in my mind that I had the protection though with the second part of this calendar spread, but it was still kind of scary getting that email saying, congratulations, you now own 100 shares of Apple. Because the price that I just bought my 100 shares at was $30 more than what Apple was currently trading for. So the next morning, I called my broker and asked what my options were and how to close this trade, right? Because I didn't want to take on additional fees by um, doing an assignment of my long put. And it was actually really simple. He just said, you're just gonna highlight what you've got on your portfolio and right click and close the position. So in the end, and I'm not gonna make you suffer through the math on this one, I paid $1.38 for the calendar spread and I sold it for five cents. So it was a losing trade of almost max loss of $833. I later asked my broker while they were still on the phone, can you tell me exactly what happened here? I bought this calendar spread with the assumption that vol would expand and that the price of Apple would come down. And that's exactly what happened. Why was this a losing trade? And he told me that with calendar spreads, they are more of a neutral direction trade. The best case scenario is that Apple trades right around where my strike price was. 
And you cannot have the underlying price move too far away from the strike price. Because as this happens, the price you can ditch your calendar spread for is far less than what you originally paid, making this trade a loser. He then told me what might have been a better move would have been to just sell a calendar spread or to have just purchased a put. Which makes sense. In hindsight, had I just bought a put outright for around $1.38, I would have been able to sell it for a profit as Apple fell. So you live and learn and you try something new and pivot and try again. And this is the beauty of trading options. And this is the beauty of um, getting more trades under your belt. I, I had read many times that a calendar spread is a neutral assumption trade. Um, but I never really, really understood what that meant until I tried it out for myself and learned, yeah, Apple needed to stay neutral and not nosedive. So some takeaways. You can do a call or a put calendar spread. It's totally up to you. And the basic formula is the same whether you're doing a, a put or a call. You're going to sell an option and then buy that exact same strike price option just further out in time. Number two. Calendar spreads are debit spreads, which means they cost money to place. And because of that, you really only want to trade calendar spreads when they are quote unquote cheap or on sale, which is when IV rank is low. Number three, because calendar spreads are a debit spread, your max loss is capped to the amount you paid for the trade. So this is nice because the risk is defined, and in comparison to other trades, it's not going to use up very much buying power. And because of that, you can technically trade calendar spreads in an IRA account. Number four, there are three things that can get your calendar spread profitable. One, as time decays away, two, little to no movement, or three, an increase in vol. Number five, through doing more research on calendar spreads, I learned that calendars have a probability of success around the mid 40s. So 40% of the time calendar spreads are winners. And because of this, because very rarely do they work out as winners, it is important to close calendar spreads once they've made about 10 to 25% of your premium paid. Number six, I think I'm on number six. Calendars move really slow, okay? And I, I noticed this too. Like I said, I had that trade on for almost 45 days and it barely budged until the end there when it really dropped uh, in value. They move slow. And number seven, I have now learned that calendar spreads work best in products that trade in a super tight range. If you're expecting a bigger swing in the underlying, calendar spreads are probably not the best play. So to wrap it up, calendar spreads. I probably will not trade calendar spreads in Apple anymore because Apple does trade in quite a big range. I would stick to it to kind of the lower, slower, boring stocks. No offense to my dad, but that would probably be Pepsi where Pepsi trades in a pretty tight range. Um, I'm looking forward to trying another calendar spread. I will let you know when I do. Um, in the meantime, I have been placing and learning how to do butterflies, and they've actually been working out really well. I've been doing a lot of bear butterflies lately, which has been great because the last few days the market's been down again. So I can't wait to tell you about butterfly trades. Um, and in the meantime, I hope you guys are doing well. This has been a really, really rocky year trading. So I congratulate anyone that's been sticking it out and holding out. Um, think of all the knowledge that we're learning and gaining and that we have better control of our money. If we were to just have given our money that we're investing right now into a broker, they 
they would be doing probably worse than what you are trying to do right now. So I applaud that. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode all about calendar spreads. You've been listening to the Trade Blondie Podcast. I want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to my show. Until next time, keep trading and remember to trade small, trade often. Goodbye.